Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, February 9th. 2023. This is the Mike Abadir Show, and I am your host, Mike Abadir, of course. And I am alongside my main man, Pop DiBiase, who is coming at us live from Phoenix, location of this year's Super Bowl between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to talk a lot, a lot about that, but we're also going to talk a little bit of NBA Pop because the NBA is kind of stolen little bit of thunder from the NFL this week because of some major, major trades. Kyrie and uh, Durant have to be the headliners, of course, of those who have been traded. A couple other smaller deals or or names that maybe aren't as uh, recognized amongst the casual fan uh, beyond Durant uh, and Kyrie. But some good pieces nonetheless for some teams which teams help themselves the most in this trade deadline, Pop? Which teams decided to dismantle the organization and why? And let's just start with the two headline trades. What are your thoughts about the Kyrie Irving deal to Dallas uh, to, to team up with another shooter who needs the ball in his hands when the game's on the line? What are your thoughts? Well, I would say this. Let me just start off by saying that this was a whirlwind of the last, not even 48 hours, a whirlwind of the last 12 hours, in a sense. Because these deals were all being made. Well, Kyrie's deal was made on Sunday. But then after that, these deals started getting made later in the evening yesterday. All these big deals. But Kyrie being moved to Dallas, that was just the we finally got we finally are at the our breaking point with him. We're not gonna deal with this anymore. You don't own this team. You're not gonna tell me what to do. I'm the owner. You're the player. We already went through this with you. You refuse to do so many things. It's always about you. We don't really have time for that anymore. So what we're going to do is I'm not going to appease you by putting you on the Lakers, but I will go ahead and send you to the Dallas Mavericks and go ahead and get some pretty good role players from the Dallas Mavericks to help my team get back to what we used to be before I had these two divas that are here, that were here, AKD and Kyrie. Everybody has to understand the Brooklyn Nets were a hard, scrappy young team, and they kept making the playoffs. They weren't a high seed, but they'd be the sixth, seventh, or eighth and they would figure out a way to win two playoff games, and they were building something there that was interrupted by KD and Kyrie, who did not want to play with those players that were already there, who did not want to be coached by those coaches that were already there. That was a problem from day one. So the success was always going to be something that was going to be kind of a dream. Winning a championship was just a good idea. Now, if you get five, five more, if you get them five years before that, okay, they probably would have been better. Honestly, KD and Kyrie five years ago, it would have been great. But these guys have both suffered season ending injuries at this point. And, and I feel like both are just very overpaid players at this time. They, they, they're great. They're great. But I don't think that playing 60, 55 games a season equates me to paying $40 million a year. It's just stupid. And Jerry Buss had to find this out the hard way as well, too, with Shaquille O'Neal. You know what I mean? Shaquille O'Neal averaged only 52 games a season as Laker. Nobody ever brings that up. So, you know, at the end of the day, you, they had to do this to get their franchise back. They had to get control. And you know what? You got to make sacrifices. And at the end of the day, the Nets are going to be the winner in all this whole situation. But let me ask you, Bob, like, 
there's so much intel about all these guys. Didn't the Nets know everything about Kyrie going into bringing him in? I mean, it's not like he's like a second-year player. He'd already been in the league for a long time, right? That's the first mm-hmm. question. The second question is, did it all start unraveling because of his refusal to take the job? No. I think that Kyrie Kyrie has always been somewhat of a uh, of a hard case for the Brooklyn Nets. At first, they, they really appeased it. You know what I mean? They really were like, we're supporting you, Kyrie. But then when Kyrie just started, he, he kept poking the bear. And he kept – he had the mentality, I can do what I want. And I think what happened was is that Jose just got tired of it after a while. And I think that him not getting the jab at that time was very significant because it was like every athlete was doing it without complaining about it. And Kyrie became the first one that actually had an explanation of why he doesn't want to do it and felt that he does need to do it and felt that, you know, you're not going to stop my NBA career regardless because he understood how laws work. So pretty much I think that that was an overreaction by their owner, but really no. It was pretty much the last straw for him. Like, why don't you want to follow orders? But once again, this is no knock to Kyrie as a person. Kyrie is a great person on and off the court. And I know that a lot of people are starting to try to draw him as some villain or some bad person off the court, and he's not. He's just a person that speaks his mind, and you just don't agree with his opinion. So it is what it is at the end of the day. Kyrie is just a guy that literally is living off of one title that he had in the NBA, one great shot, and pretty much has went ahead and robbed three teams in, in, in all senses of the word. But let me give you something. I'm here with two Dallas guys right now, my family from Fanatics View, and they cover the Mavs day in and day out. They cover every Mavs home game as well, too, actually at their arena and covering the game, being a part of the Mavs culture. And they know Jason Kidd is not going to allow any bullshit. I'm sorry. Any, sorry for cussing. But it's it's kind of late in the day. We've had about 15 interviews. So um, he's not going to um, he's not going to play that with Kyrie. And I think Kyrie needs a coach that's going to make him a little bit more of a leader, like a true leader. And then Luca needs a guy like Kyrie to have his back. When to make Luca not overwork, Luca can burn his whole career out by year eight because they got him working way too hard, and now he got, he gets that work alleviated. But what's going to happen is, is that Kyrie's going to help make other players better because I think that he's going to become more of a of of a passing point guard as well too. I know everybody just says he's going to hold the ball and want to shoot all day, but I think that he knows that he has Luca and they can take their turns. So I really do feel like they can be a Jalen Brown, uh, uh, Jason Tatum-type combination where you'll have nights with these guys both getting 35 feats. You know what I mean? So it's going to be a very, very significant move with this team. And I think that the Mavs are going to be very successful from here on out once they get back a healthy Luka. Because right now Luka's not healthy, and that's because he's been having so many great games, so many big, big nights. And – I know they're going to probably get mad at me, but Luka doesn't have the same type of conditioning as Kobe. But he is a tough player. He's a basketball player. So he doesn't need to be the most fit player there is because he's a basketball player. But at this end of the day, though, his physique and his stamina and things like that can be put into question if, you know, you, you just – if you're doing way too much. And I don't think that you want to have your young – face of the franchise be put through the meat grinder that hard michael jordan the greatest he didn't even need to be put through the meat grinder like that he they took their you know jordan jordan got at least more fifth sixth year but really you know jordan is jordan is just jordan but they took their time that's the difference you know what i mean and jordan could have been done after that foot injury but they scaled it back, fixed his foot, and he started to play a game in a different system where he wasn't so aggressive, but very smooth. 
You know what I mean? So I think Luka can become a smoother basketball player with the addition of Kyrie Irving. Moving on to Durant. Did once they decided to trade Kyrie, did it make it kind of become like now well we gotta trade Durant too? There's no reason to keep him without if we're not gonna keep if we're not gonna be a championship team with Kyrie. We're not gonna be a championship team without Kyrie and Durant, so might as well trade Durant. Is that kind of in lay terms kind of what happened? I just think that they they didn't I just think that you know what they said enough is enough. You know, they got a good coach in Jock not good, a great coach in Jock Vaughn. They got a great they got great players in Nick Claxton. You know what I mean? They got really got they got guys who really work hard and really are are scrappy guys. And you know what? You can't have these two always keep on being in and out of this thing. You know what I mean? One day you're you're all in. The next day I want to be traded. You just you got to have guys that want to play on your team. If you guys don't want to play on our team, then we'll get you down the road. But what we're going to do is we're going to get back all of our draft picks. We're going to get back value and players because we've made a lot of mistakes in the last decade. And we're not going to get fleeced for our team like we did when we made that deal with Boston that brought us for three angry old men. So at the end of the day, the Nets said to themselves, we're going to do it our way. We're not going to rely on superstars. We're not a superstar team. We're not a team that that can have these type of players. We need the Jason Kids of the world, the Chris Pauls of the world, the guys that are unselfish and make everybody around them much, much better. And I feel like Durant and Kyrie had their time to do that because they want to prove to everybody how much game they got. But now when the going gets tough and guys get hurt, they feel like they don't have a chance at winning an NBA title, and that's a that's a that's a big diss to your teammates who are professional athletes. So at the end of the day, why do you want to keep having all this drama? Just send them down the road. These guys are past. The, these guys are in their thirties, and in the new NBA, being in your thirties is not that helpful for your your long term vision of your career. Back in Jordan's guys' day, it would be a. Hey, you're 30 right now. You're almost in, you're in the prime of your career. When you're 30 in today's NBA, you're damn near at the end of your career. So Kyrie and KD, great, great players. But at the end of the day, their primes are starting to fade a bit. And that's why they're being so bitter and so complaining. And that's why these guys have gotten traded. Trade. But Kevin Durant didn't ask to be traded like Kyrie did recently. He just was – they just knew – that it was going to become a headache. But I'm just going to say one more thing. I think the Nets know how bad that knee is, and they don't want to, and they want to go ahead and rob a team real quick to go ahead and get the last laugh with Kevin, get with Kevin and Kyrie. That we know that you guys got some serious, um, you know, back end things going on because they both got had significant injuries and they're still lingering. And so, you're going to play for teams that you got to play a little bit better on. You can't be as lazy on the Mavericks. You can't be as lazy on the Suns. You're going to have to play a little bit of defense. So they're going to be tested. And I think it's going to be a very, very intriguing situation to watch. That's how I'm feeling, Mikey Mike. Bob DiBiase coming at us live from Phoenix, the home of this year's big game. Pop, you're in Phoenix. What is the feeling like, the vibe like, after the trade in the town that you're in right now? And the second part of the question is, what is the reality for Phoenix? How is this going to actually turn out? So what's the vibe like, what the fans' reception like, and then what's the reality going to look like? Well, I feel like Phoenix, what they did was they said, we're going to go all in, guys. All right? We're going to try to give ourselves a chance to actually play in the NBA Finals this year. Michael Bridges, to me, is a big loss. Cam Johnson, to me, is a big loss. Losing all those draft picks, that's a big loss. So, you know, getting Kevin Durant is an all-or-nothing all type situation. 
if this doesn't work, they're going to blow this whole situation with only Booker sticking around. Or Booker could be gone as well, too. So they're going to they, – what they're saying is that we're going all in for a championship. It's that simple. And I think the last time somebody went all in for a championship, they went ahead and won the championship midseason. So I'm not saying that they can win the title or anything like that. But Phoenix is a team that said to themselves, we're tired of waiting. We're tired of all this. And we're about to sell this team for $4 billion. And we know that this owner is going to try to clean this culture up as well, too. So this is our last two ride together. So why don't we try to make it work? And so pretty much they put themselves in the position to where DeAndre Ayton, where DeAndre Ayton, where DeAndre Ayton is going to be a very – accessible is going to be a very targeted player and they can go ahead and have themselves a move with some assets as well too to get back from what just happened you know what i mean because they don't want to sit there with uh aiden's contract if they know that they're gonna to have to pay some more people so i think that what they're doing is they're trying to do a prove it situation with the guys that they already have here and I think that they're trying to give Chris Paul a chance to win a title right now. But that's really, to me, non-existent because Chris Paul is absolutely finished. And, it, and nobody really can argue that point. Chris Paul was finished last year in game seven versus the Dallas Mavericks. So, you know, he's just playing on borrowed time at this moment. And they're, they're going to be able to just keep hyping it up because it's Chris Paul and they're used to his name. But at the end of the day, the Suns are in a position where it's win. When it's when it's not when or go home is when or this thing is getting blown up. It's that simple. So that's how I'm feeling with Phoenix. But they they're happy. They're a little confused like the rest of us, but they're happy about it. And they they think that it could possibly make them a better team. But they've been suffering a lot of losing lately, so they don't know if this is gonna be the fix. You know, at the end of the day, Mike. So we'll see how it goes. But I do see still see Phoenix as a playoff team this year. And I think that we've actually found a way to kind of shape out some of these teams that have fluked themselves into the play-in. So now I think we got a good idea who's really going to be here. But I think the Suns now will possibly be back in the top half of the uh, Western Conference. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it shakes out, Mike. We got to go to a commercial, Pop. Can you give me a yes or a no? Does Phoenix – do the Phoenix Suns win the NBA title? this year i keep it real with you everybody keeps talking about all these teams that made trades but they don't want to talk about the team that didn't make a trade no i do not think the phoenix suns are going to win a title because they don't have the coach that's capable of winning the title they're getting them the title i think that the front runner right now the team that you had the team to beat and this is going to be a shock to the system and it shouldn't be because they're the number one seed. The Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are the most complete team in the Western Conference, and they got the best. And right now, they got the best coach. And they've went through the. They went through the most. Uh, you know, they went through the through the through the uh, fire to get to where they're at. They played in the conference championship. They lost Jamal Murray for a while, and now they they're back with Jamal Murray, and pretty much the Nuggets are the team to catch. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but hey. It is what it is, Mike. It is what it is, brother. What it All also right. is is the time to take a commercial. Let's take a quick time out. We'll come back. We'll talk more with Pop DiBiase coming at us, delivering the news fresh off the press in Phoenix, Arizona, site of this year's Super Bowl. We'll be back right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the Mike Abadir Show with Pop DiBiase. Pop was just asking about interesting cuisine in Phoenix. I've actually got a spot, and I'll send you the link for it. Uh, I'd like to give it a plug because it's such a really cool place. It's just a small, little, hidden, almost like a speakeasy called Dick's Hideaway. Uh, I'll send you the information on that. But if you folks are in Phoenix haven't been there, you will love it. They actually have a pretty funny sign in there that says, No Kardashians Allowed. Uh, oh. So uh, that's that's always fun to see. Phoenix. That's awesome. What's, what's the hype like no in, in, in town right now? Sometimes I wonder, yeah. is the hype just the that there's all sorts of media there and they're creating their own hype? Or is there real hype? In, in the city? Well, well, what's going on with that is this, is that from what I saw, pretty much, Mike, is that they have, yeah, it's pretty hard to pick up today because it's the NFL honors and everything, but I've been here since Monday, and the city isn't as crazy packed or anything like that, but the 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 convention center situation where we're doing radio roll out here has been a pretty good crowd and everything like that today. Today might have been the biggest day out the week as well too, but that was expected on a Thursday as well too. So it happens, you know what I mean. So pretty much, you know, um, they're getting excited. The news is talking about it every single day, and all the big 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 stuff is on the way tonight. You know, you got all the big parties tonight. They got a fabulous party going on at 11-11. Then they got something going on over at the W in Scottsdale. Um, some at a Louis Vuitton store, from what I heard. So there's a, there's several things going on tonight. And they got a bunch of comedy shows. Like, they, they're really heavy on the comedy here in uh, Phoenix. So they got they the events are tonight. We had the media day party on a Tuesday. So, you know, it, it, it's, some, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been a vibe. It's been good. Got to ask. There's some good eye candy out there, Mike. You know, if I'm here, it's always going to be some eye candy around. There you go. Love it. You know, so and they let's... make it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, so let's make it happen, brother. All right. Let's make it happen. You know what? Come back. We moving here. Good stories. I will. You know what I mean. But I've been trying to be on the work tip, though, man. You know, I go in these, go to these different cities. We work all day, party all night. Then, you know, you come back home and you sleep all weekend. I just want to go relax this weekend because I got a lot of other stuff to do once I get back Friday night. I got to do some cleaning up on Saturday and Sunday. I hear you. So, in terms of cleaning up, who do you think the two weeks between championship game and Super Bowl game has cleaned up in-house the most to be fully prepared for the big game. Now, one thing historically we always hear 
about is the guys who were there the very first time, they get a little bit overwhelmed. They want to make sure that every family member is able to get a last second flight, last second tickets, that they're able to go to the parties, able to go to the events. They're a little bit distracted. They have a lot on their plate, a lot of things to do besides the actual game itself. Kansas City has got a little more experience. Do you think that there's an advantage there for the Kansas City Chiefs over the Philadelphia Eagles, who most of those guys are getting there for the very first time? Well, we've been getting different predictions all day, but a lot of people are heavy on the Eagles. People feel that the Eagles are the best team in football and that there's really no flaws on that side of the ball. And they feel like the Chiefs have to do a little bit more, have to do a little bit more to get the, get that victory. I don't think that's true at all. I just think that whoever gets to it, whoever gets to really executing their game plan the way that they want to is going to be the winner of the game. This is one of the most equal Super Bowls I've seen in the last decade. That's why the spread is really sitting right where it's at. Two and a half points. Usually we get threes or fours if, if you feel that the Eagles are that, are them boys. Sorry, Cowboy fans. No pun intended. But if you feel like they them birds, so they're, they're at two and a half. Minus two and a half. Alright? They haven't went up from that number. Now if they go up to three and a half, four, all that good stuff, okay. Now they're saying that they really believe in the Eagles. But from what I'm seeing right now is I said this off top from day one. I said the moment that they saw the Eagles score, the reaction was going to be bad Eagles. This is going to happen the first week as we work ourselves into the second week. Then, as you see, they keep more reports are coming out that Patrick Mahomes is walking better. He's, he's still doing his razzle-dazzle passing as well, too. Now the betters have turned into saying, oh, I like the Chiefs because what do betters always do? They chase plus money. Mike, you know that. Me and you do it. So at the end of the day, the plus is starting to become a very attractive situation, and you're putting more money on the plus as well, too. I think that it's in reverse. You're getting a lot of smaller bets on the favorite, and you're getting a lot of bigger bets on the underdog, who's the Chiefs. And the Chiefs do look like that team that can go ahead and, and win easy on Sunday, I truly do feel like the Eagles have to win a game that's going to take a lot of effort for them to win this game because they have a quarterback that's ailing, but nobody wants to say that. Shoulders are different from legs. But Mahomes can sit there back there in the pocket, let it sling, whatever. But my, but this shoulder issue, if he can't throw the ball accurately, it's a problem. And it's the running game, the running game is something that you have to – you know, now key in on, and I think that their running game is really strong, and this is all going to be based on how good that line is going to be of the Eagles because I don't care what anybody says. You guys keep talking about this guy's the star, that guy's the star. The star is the offensive line of the uh, Eagles because they've been fast, physical, and dominant. And that's how they've been in their two playoff games this year. And they're not getting enough credit. And they show up and do the same and have the same effort that they had against the Giants and the 49ers. Yes, the Chiefs are in trouble, but that doesn't mean they blow the Chiefs out because the Chiefs are capable of keeping up in a in a, a real firefight. So if we get into a firefight situation, it's a Chiefs win, in my opinion. The Eagles win when the game is a low-scoring game and it finishes up 20 to 17. But if we get into the 30s and all that good stuff, I'm handing the game to the kid, to the Chiefs, Mike. Yeah, I think. look, you make some really good points. I think that the flow of the game definitely will favor the Eagles if it's more of a run control, time control, time of possession control, control the flow of the game. They're able to get some sacks on Mahomes to, to end some drives, that type of thing. These aren't teams that typically turn over the ball much. Uh, I, I, I think that I think you kind of nailed it. I think if it's a shootout, obviously, you know, Mahomes, the gunslinger, gets the advantage in any shootout scenario, in my opinion. You know, he's proven that. He's proven that in a in a shootout, he wins the gun battle time and time again. He's the man. He's made a living doing that. Give him the ball. He only needs a few seconds. Doesn't even need minutes. 
few seconds, they need that field goal to get them in position to be able to make it. So I, I totally agree with some of the things that you're saying. Let's get into the uh, micro a little bit and talk about some prop bets. Have you taken a look at the props and do any of the prop bets kind of appeal to you? Well, I can look at props right now as we speak. So um, I know one prop I like a lot. I would say I like the prop that says that Pacheco scores a touchdown in that game. I think Pacheco with his story and who he is, those guys always score touchdowns in the Super Bowl. So I'm, I, if my favorite prop is Pacheco scoring a, a touchdown. Now, I don't know how many yards he's getting, say, on the rushing yards. I'm checking it now. But I would say that I would take maybe take the under in that. You score a touchdown, you can you can do what Jerome Bittes did. You can run the ball three times for three yards and have three touchdowns. So I think that it can be – I feel like you can go ahead and trust Pacheco because he's been such – uh, 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 just upgrade at the position. Uh, Hilaire was good, but Pacheco's really fast. You know what I mean? And he's really physical. And I think that he deserves to have a great day on Sunday. So I think that he does score a touchdown on Sunday. Okay. Okay. And then, what about the over-under, by the way? What's, what, what's your thoughts about the game total? My thoughts about the game total. Um, game total. Um, I like the over. I'm going to be honest with you. We got 51 here. 51 is a big number. And it would be different if we weren't playing in a dome, but we're playing in a dome. So the 51 to me is inevitable. I think that they're scoring 58 or better in this game, to be honest. Because like I said before, the Eagles defense is great, but now they're going to be off for another week. And yeah, you're getting your injuries healed and everything like that, but so you still got injuries lingering as well, too. And I just think that they're going to they're gonna get a little bit too cute and they're not going to understand exactly what they're facing right away. So that's why I really do favor the Chiefs starting this game pretty hot because everybody's a little bit overselling the Eagles a bit too much. And it's starting to really smell like Panthers-Broncos, like hard. It's starting to stench of Panthers-Broncos, like literally. And it's starting to give me a little bit of, a hint of Raiders Bucks as well, too. So, you know, like literally, you guys are they're drawing up the Eagles as if they're the, you know, the 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 you know, the 1972 Dolphins. We saw a flawed team a lot of times this season. Uh, and look at their first eight games, Mike. Just look at the first eight games of the season. Their toughest game was against Dallas with with Cooper Rush, of all people. Everybody else was it was an easy game. And most of those teams did not aren't making the playoffs. Did not make the playoffs this year. Their first eight games were against some of the worst teams in the NFL. So you know they can say what they want to about the Eagles being a great team, but I felt like you got a great head start. It's like you were at Golden Gate in a five horse field, and you broke out to a twenty length lead, and everybody thinks that you're great, but you're in a twelve five race. You know what I mean? So. The AFC was never a great – the NFC wasn't a great conference this year. It came down to three teams. Three teams, Mike. Those three teams were all made the divisional round. Those three teams were Philly, Dallas, and San Francisco. Everybody else was beatable. Everybody else had a bad loss on their uh, schedule throughout the season. Those three teams were the only teams that, that you said to yourself, they can win the Super Bowl. And then the way I designed it, I said – if you have San Francisco play the Cowboys, they probably beat the Cowboys. But if you had the Cowboys play the Eagles, they beat the Eagles. And if you had the Eagles play the 49ers, they beat the 49ers. So you see the conundrum with that, Mike? You know what I mean? So I think that absolutely. we're right. Be, huh? Oh, I just said that? absolutely. I'm agreeing. Right. I think we're right where we need to be. I just wanted to make sure I heard you. You know what I mean? Um but I think we're right where we need to be when it comes to getting this over tonight because I truly do feel like the Eagles are going to have to play their best game of the season just like they had to do against the Patriots. They were coming in the hottest team smoking against the Patriots. They had a, 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 a super conference championship game against the Minnesota Vikings. We all remember. They literally they, they stomped them out. 
and they stomped out France and San Francisco as well, too. But at the end of the day, though, they still had their issues with the Patriots going into that game, and they needed a few fluke plays for them to win that game. I don't think that the Chiefs make the same mistake because they're not as old as the Patriots. You get my point, Mike? And I think that the way that the Chiefs were kind of written off to start the season off, this was the Bills' world. Then it turned into the Bengals' world. And then they were like, okay, we're used to Mahomes, and we'll start mentioning him as we get later on to the season because he's being that good, but he's not making it all about himself this year. You know, he's not putting himself out in the forefront. You're not seeing him in all these stupid commercials this year. He's just focused on football. And so that's what make, that's what's making Mahomes' maturation that much better. And that's why he was able to play so well with that high ankle sprain as well, too, that probably would need surgery in the offseason. Interesting stuff there, man. Pop DiBiase giving it to us directly as it is live from Phoenix, site of Super Bowl 57. Hard to believe that we've already had 56 of these ball games. This 57th one is probably the most evenly matched Super Bowl that Pop's seen, and I agree with that statement. I think uh, I think it's going to be something for us to uh, really, really sit back and enjoy. Whether you're an Eagles fan, a Chiefs fan, or just a football fan, you know, I think sometimes when it's not the pressure of, the anxiety of your team playing, you could maybe sit back and enjoy it because you got no skin in the game outside of any wagers you may have. On the other side of this commercial break, I'm going to tell you which props I like, and I like them a lot. So let's take our final time out right now. Stay with us. We'll come back more with Pop DiBiase and Mike Abadir's prop bets right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the final segment here. This is the final segment before we get to Super Bowl Sunday. And... There is obviously a lot of talk about prop bets and wagers and squares. I'm not big on the squares and all that stuff. What about you, Bob? Do you like squares? Squares, squares is like playing the lottery, man. It's blind betting, dude. Like you're just trying, you're trying to predict predict the score of a game. Like it's awesome because a lot of people do get because everybody, somebody gonna get some money. But it's like playing a raffle. You feel what I'm saying? I'm good off all that. Yeah, me too. There's two silly things about the Super Bowl that I've always been like, why do we get so silly and do this lottery ticket with the squares? I think it's stupid. And then the other right. thing is, is why all of a sudden, as a society, we hate commercials, but all of a sudden on this one day, we love them. And if you're at a Super right. Bowl party, everybody's like, shh, shh, Frito-Lays is having a commercial. And I'm like, shut the, you know, it's like, come on. We hate commercials, right. but all of a sudden we love commercials. So those are kind of my pet peeves. Right. Be honest with you, Pop. I, don't, I could give a rat's ass about Super Bowl commercials. You know, I'm not staying quiet. I'm not avoiding going to the bathroom so I don't miss it. None of that stuff, man. I'm there for the game, not the commercial. But hey, man, I get it. Some people like it. Some people like it more than the game itself. You know, um, and that's kind of what makes the Super Bowl fun, I suppose, is that kind of can include everybody. What's your take on the commercials, man? Are you a big commercial lover? Maybe about 30 years ago, but 
you know, the last five years, those commercials have sucked. And literally, I'm all so into in my phone tweeting out something that happened in the game. I'm not paying attention to that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Like, oh, God, it's the new Doritos. Wow. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go buy that. Oh, wow. Look at the new Pepsi. I'm not going to go buy that. Like, seriously. Like, you're you're not advertising me. But all they're doing is just looking to fawn over famous people. And I just think that the the uh, whole, you know, fame worship is the biggest reason why this, uh, why people love those Super Bowl commercials. You know what I mean? They Some of them are funny, but they run their course. And literally, you're. They love them because you're going to get the one that's not edited. You know what I mean? And once the, the commercial starts running, they're going to edit it, and it's not going to have the same appeal that it had on Super Bowl Sunday. So, yeah, commercials are an absolute waste of time. But you got to have them. That's how you get your money. Well, yeah, it's kind of funny because some of them are like, to be continued online. Really? So I hate commercials. I can't wait till they're over. You think I'm going to want to go watch more of the same BS online? It's unbelievable. Right. It's just crazy right. how, how people get so nutty when it comes to the Super Bowl. Like it's like everything that you do 364 days a year is out the window. But hey, man, right. like I said, to each their own. If that's kind of your thing, if that's what excites you about Super Bowl Sunday, you don't like football, and maybe you just like the atmosphere. Okay, it's a cool thing that brings people together. I suppose uh, it just ain't. For me, I am there for the iron. I'm there for the action. I'm there for the game in of itself because it's going to be the last game we watch football-wise in a long time. So enjoy it and then buckle up, get ready for spring training and baseball. Uh, for me, I, I think that's the best handoff in the sports world is Super Bowl handing off to spring training, handing off to opening day. Doesn't get better than that. And that's why I love this time of year especially as we get into March and April pop uh, the game itself. Now I said, I was going to talk about some prop bets a little bit, so I'm going to lay it on you. Okay. So let me ask you, who do you think the chiefs or the Eagles will get more rushing yards? You know what? I think that we're going to be in for a surprise. I think that the Eagles will probably be the big favorite to get the more rushing yards because they have the three headed monster and Scott, Sanders and Gainwell. But I think that my guy Isaac Pacheco is in for a big day. And I think that what happens is that everybody wants to say Patty Mahomes is going to be the uh, MVP. Why don't we look at the value of Isaac Pacheco being the MVP for this game? I mean, you never know. I think that he's going to have, I think he can have a big day. I honestly do. Okay. So, so what I'm going to tell you is going to shock you. Okay. Mm. This is my lock of the day because you and I are kind of seeing it the same way in terms of the rushing game is going to be a lot more even than people think. If you take the Chiefs, you get a 49 and a half yard point spread. 49 and a half. So if Philly rushes for 150, and the Chiefs rush for 110, you win. You get 49 and a half yards. That's the spread. Can you believe that? Mike, I'm telling you. You were like speechless that, there. That because that's bold. That, Hey, that's bold stuff, boy. I'm telling you, this is this is something that that this soup this is why Super Bowl is a beautiful thing. You don't know what's gonna happen. Nothing's predictable, and they're gonna give you the best value. This is the Kentucky Derby of pro football, period, point blank. You know what I mean? So yeah, man, and I think that's what makes the game more interesting is betting props. If we just walked in here and said, all right, let's go ahead and bet the spread, or let's bet the money line, or let's bet the over-under. That's no that's no creativity to it. What if I don't want to do any of that? What if I wanted to say Patrick Mahomes is going to throw under 300 yards today? Let's just go ahead and do that, and we'll wait for the end of the game. Now I'm not, I, now I'm not invested in who wins. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that is so special about the Super Bowl. Absolutely, but I mean, come on, man. If I told you I'm going to give you a 50-yard lead, 
Take the Chiefs. Wow. I mean, sh- I'll take that all day. That's my lock of the weekend. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles can still outrush the Chiefs by a good amount, and you still win the game. So I'll take right. a 49 and a half, you know, 50-yard spread any day of the week between two NFL teams, you know, right. uh, that are evenly matched teams in the Super Bowl. I'll definitely do that. The other one right. that I think is a is kind of a, a lock to me is will each team kick a 33-yard field goal or more? I think that's a pretty easy yes. I think each team gets a field goal. And most field goals are beyond 33. So I'll take that one. I like that prop quite a bit. Each team will hit a 33-yarder. What do you think about that one? I think that that's that's possible. 235, that's something that I know is going to happen. 45-yarder uh, uh, from both uh, kickers. Yeah. yeah. You know, because they're going to have points where they're going to stop each other on the other side of the field, but it's not going to be too close to the end zone. So I do feel like you're going to get that point in the game, and I think that if the game is close, it does end on the final play of the game, which will be a field goal. But who's going to be that kicker that's going to be the clutch kicker? You know, that's the biggest question. Is it going to be Elliott or is it going to be Buckus? Bucker, I mean, because I said Buckus like he was one of um, the Dick Buckus. Dick Buckus, yeah. Yeah, he's Buttaker or whatever it is. I mean, <laughs> so, butt kick. I, I don't know. So, um, yeah, I think the that's going to be good. That's a good one, Mike. I think that's some money right there. I think yeah, you probably I like get that, that one. I think I'm that's a, before. That's for the whole game. Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, I think you can get hit that before halftime. That's what I'm saying. I think they'll both get that for halftime, too. You can probably get in the first. I think it's going to be your first quarter situation. Could be, man. You get you third, three to three or ten to three going into second quarter. That's a very doable score. Why not? Let Absolutely. me give you one. Okay. Let me give you real quick on team total. Okay. I'm looking at team total 24 and a half to Kansas City, 26 and a half to the Eagles. I'm going to say like this. I'm getting minus 120 on the over 24 and a half with the um, Chiefs. And then I'm getting minus 125 with the Eagles total points. So they're not giving me any any love. But the over for the Eagles is minus 115 over 26 and a half. Mm-hmm. And then the for the Chiefs is minus 120 again. When I see that they can't make up their minds on something like this, I always like to take the over. And I think Kansas City is definitely due to be over 24 and a half points. I truly do. So that's a good bet, in my opinion. I don't know if I can trust the Eagles to get 26 and a half. I'm, and the most underrated thing coming into this game is the Kansas City Chiefs defense. They're good. Chris Jones is a great pass rusher. Frank Clark is a great pass rusher. And that young rookie core is pretty good at covering people. So, but they do have their their issues as well too. When that front seven is not doing their job, but that's every secondary in the NFL. I hear you. Yeah, so I do like so I'm gonna more. No, I mean the twenty four and a half. I like the over and the twenty six and a half. I think the under, but I'm not going to take both. I trust the over twenty four more with the Chiefs. That's my opinion. Well, if you like the over-under on the game, though, at 51, how are you going to get there? Because I'm going to say like this. Okay, if I – they might not score 26, but they could score 24. And then when you look up, if I win 30 to 24, Mike, then I get the 54. Okay. So you think the Chiefs are going to win by a few points, basically. Right. They'll win by a few points. But there's a way for me to – there's a way for us to go ahead and um, look at it like this. The score finishes 27 to uh, – the score finishes up 28 to 24. Uh, Chiefs, there you go. That's 52. And the okay. Eagles were under the half. So it's possible, Mike, or we could get a 45 to uh, uh, 10 45 to ten blowout. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm going to give you, know you two that- more. I like, I, like, I like where your head is at on those. I'm going to give you two more wagers 
as we close the show here, Pop. I like the over okay. on sacks for both teams combined. Okay. Over under okay. is set at four and a half. I think that the Eagles are a ferocious pass rushing team. Mahomes' ankle. He's going to actually probably like duck and take a couple of sacks so he doesn't get hurt. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts, I always like rushing quarterbacks when you're talking about sacks because sometimes they just run into the sack or or go out of bounds with a one-yard loss or something. So over four and a half on sacks. Now, if you want to get a better line and a bigger like plus, you could up that to five and a half or six and a half even. But I think that four and a half and the five and a half are pretty safe. I think we're going to get five or six sacks. Always happens almost every Super Bowl. The last one I'll give you is the over on INTs. Here's the reason I say that. They're not quarterbacks that throw a lot of picks. They're not quarterbacks that turn over the ball much. But because it's like do or die, you may have to throw a Hail Mary before the half. If you're losing, you're going to have to throw the ball in the second half. So sometimes you get a lot of tip interceptions, stuff like that. The over-under is one and a half. Okay. One and a half. So I think if each quarterback gets one interception, somebody gets two, you're good to go. But, Pop, it's been a fun hour. It's gone by really fast. It's all the time that we have. Best of luck for you in Phoenix. Okay. Keep us posted on what's going on. Thank you for everything. Thank you to all the listeners out there. We hope that you have a tremendous Super Bowl experience this weekend. As always, thanks to Voice America. Thank you, listeners, once again. We'll see you all same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.